Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. Hey, this is part two of our let's talk about people pleasing episode and in this part we're gonna talk about things you can do (laughs) if you didn't listen to part one no worries you might want to go listen to it it'll give you a shebang amount of things (laughs) that's not anyway it gives you a lot I think to get curious about so if you're like I'm not a people pleaser like I was feel free to check it out if not cool people pleasing is interesting both in personal life and in business life and we talked about different symptoms that of people pleasing that kind of come up in business like worrying about your clients feelings that that sinking feeling in your stomach with a slack ping over delivering over promising not asking for what you need lack of boundaries the avoidance of hard conversations conversations and pushing like into personal time when like you don't actually want to be working so like maybe accidentally creating those situations all as a way to in some way shape or form people please even if it is the perfectionist within you and not necessarily an outside person i personally i don't consider myself a perfectionist i don't consider myself a people pleaser and i don't consider myself to have an inner critic voice and everything we're talking about when i when I continue to explain what they look like, then I start to resonate. That's me personally. So I wanted to talk about this because I am sure there are other people who are having similar situations, experiences where they're like, I don't think I'm that I've done some work and still have anxiety (laughs) and with business and relationships and things coming up and our feelings. And like, maybe it's bigger than just people pleasing. It's a lot bigger and more complex than that. So this two-part series really is to just talk about and get curious about some of those things. And in today's episode, we're going to go into 10 different things that you can do or get curious about or consider to have more peace, like more peace, less pleasing, less perfectionism, less holding yourself to a standard that you would never hold anyone else, that sort of stuff. (laughs) All right. So let's just get to it, right? Because there's a lot to go through here. And as always, take what you want, leave the rest. The first thing is to talk about things up front. Communication guidelines are key. So if you are a service provider, if you are in business and you are or maybe you've had the experience where like people are unhappy. And a lot of times these things come up when we go to grow, we don't even realize like what's happening in the moment, right? It's something that we handle it's over. And then it's, Oh, do I want to take on more clients? And then maybe we start self-sabotaging, which can be a whole nother deep dive, but sometimes these things come up, but they don't, we, they're not called up to be really looked at until we try to do something else. And for some reason, we're not taking action. We're not doing the things we know we could do. And it's because we're trying to keep ourselves safe on some level from an experience that we've already had because uh, like our bodies and minds are smart. Right. And so those decisions are sometimes being made on autopilot and not fully consciously. So if you've ever had a situation like this with a client where, you know, someone was unhappy because there was some sort of unexpressed expectation on one or both sides, 
the way to get in front of that in the future is to communicate upfront. So one thing I share with my clients is to consider having communication guidelines that can be formal, that can be informal, but on your sales call or in your sales process or in your onboarding process, have something where you talk about, here's what happens if you're unhappy. <laughs> if you don't like something, please just tell us, like, we totally get it. You can say something like, Hey, we do rounds of revision revisions. So if you get something and you're not into it, like that's okay. Sometimes when that happens, give them an example. Sometimes when that happens, people get overwhelmed. And if you need to take a minute, you don't have to ghost us. Just let us know you need a minute. And that's totally fine. Right now I'm avoiding ghosting. Or you can say, sometimes people have an immediate reaction and we've had a couple clients you can be honest with this. So maybe this isn't true for you. Don't use it. Right. But like, we have had an instance where a client came back and like yelled at our team member. That is not something that we do here. If you have any issues, we're here. We care. Please just let us know. And we'll do our best to communicate openly and honestly, and in a timely fashion with you. And what you're doing is letting them know how you're going to show up in that. That's what you can control. We cannot actually control them. So we can ask for what we want. We can be clear with our expectations when things do happen, because they will happen and let them know how you're going to be, because then you get to show up and just be that and be like, remember we talked about this, right? Like when things like this happen, like here I am. And then you are fulfilling your promise. You don't have to please them to try to make them anything because they're just having their own experience. Okay. That's number one. Talk about it up front. Number two, <laughs> number two, I just gave you a number one, which was talk about what happens when you're not satisfied. So I just went into that in number one. So let me give you a little bit more about communicating with things up front. You can say straight out, these are our communication guidelines. Like we speak kindly to each other. We use emojis to show feelings because sometimes in written word, things come off different ways. Teach them about how you communicate on your team internally and how you'll communicate with them. Okay. That will help things in the long run, because then you're all on the same team. You have the same tools at your disposal and they'll understand what you're doing in a different way. Okay. Third one, talk about common times when things get weird. So think about your process with clients, whether you have a coaching program that maybe in month three, people are like frequently reaching out and saying, Hey, this isn't working for me. And it's because they haven't shown up tell people that on their onboarding call, build things into your curriculum that show them that and give them incentives to actually do the thing. So maybe there is a 90 day thing that needs to be created so that they're having a win, right? Like you can be proactive and sometimes you don't have to create anything. You just need to tell them, Hey, a lot of times <laughs> we have this call. People are so excited to move forward with copy. They get the invoice, like everything's fine. And they get really scared. So then they like ghost us. I'm just going to ask you like, please don't ghost us. If you get scared, no worries. Let's hop on another call and we can chat through whatever's coming up. That is how I can let them know that sometimes things get weird and we're here for it. It's okay. You don't have to hide. Next thing, make a joint commitment to work through it. So that means when I'm sharing what is actually happening or what typically happens or what might happen, you ask them up front, like to have that conversation with you and get a commitment from them. It's not necessarily just a document that you send over that says this, have it in conversation, have it on your kickoff call. Just like, Hey, I just want to go over this. I know this will likely never happen to you, but should you be dissatisfied? Please talk to us about it. Okay. I'm totally, I know it's weird, but let's just talk about it so we can figure it out because my goal is that you like what you're getting <laughs> and that we're having fun producing and we just have to talk about things. Does that sound okay to you and get consent.
Okay. Talk about it. Let's see. Next thing. Number five, when things come up, get on a call, get on a call, get on a call. You can do this via written word, but things get weird sometimes like that. Not everyone is the best communicator. And sometimes you're going back and forth so many times that you could have just done it on a call in three minutes. Notice your boundaries around like your time. Sometimes I think that we build these walls because someone told us that your time is valuable and they should be charged for everything. However, sometimes it makes sense to use your time to connect with clients. Even if you have a team that's like doing most of that, think about the person, think about why you started all of this. And I'm not saying to change your boundaries, but just like really notice, like where are your rules coming from? And when it does make sense to get on a call, you're then facilitating a conversation, right? You're holding space to listen to them, but you're giving them space. They're not just yelling at you. You're saying, hi, thank you so much for coming. Before we like hop into anything, I just want you to know, like my goal here today is to like hear what's happening so we can figure this out to get us back on track. Like when we talked on our sales call, I know we talked about this and this, and I still want that for you. So let's figure this out. Can you tell me what's happening on your side? What I just did was framed the whole conversation, right? I'm facilitating this. It is different than just getting words thrown at you. So if you need to like beef up your facilitation skills, okay, cool. Then that's something that you know that you can work on. It's not controlling their experience that you're working on. It's your facilitation skills. Does that make sense? Cool, cool. Next thing, number six, take time to think about next steps. So when you get an email, right? Or a see a post or whatever it is, You do not have to respond or react rather in the moment. You get to take time to do a thoughtful response. Sometimes you will need to move quicker than others, right? If you're doing like disaster control in some way, shape or form, but you really want to take the time to feel into what's right for you. And then the container, what are your values? Go back to that, right? What do you actually stand for? That's why being clear on your values and like who you are in that way even when your life isn't the vision that you want, your values still matter, right? And how you show up for these conversations and situations gets to be in alignment with who you are and how you want to handle conflict on any level. So check in with that, take your time, make sure that it feels right to you. And then you can take in, like, sometimes we need to talk to people and get feedback, but your friends, your colleagues, your mastermind people, your coach, your consultant, whoever, your therapist, your parent, your partner, they're going to not necessarily operate in the same exact way as you. The same things won't be as important. So if you're a relationships person, cool, you need to know that so that you can discern the advice that you're getting. That is important. If you are telling someone, like in some cases, I talk to service providers who are like, I'm not doing a refund. I know I can't give a refund. I know I can't because someone told them, no way in hell are you giving that money back? They bought it from you. Okay, cool. But if you as a human have thought about this and know that your piece is more important and you would rather give a refund, you were not weak for refunding. You're not dumb. You didn't do anything wrong. Okay. On that same token, if you don't want to give a refund, that's fine too. Like it's up to you. There are no rules. There's no right or wrong. Just notice who you're taking advice from and how it feels to you. It's okay if you disagree and you want to do it in your way. Just notice, right? Know your tendencies, know how you sometimes like compensate, know what you try to avoid. If you're trying to avoid disappointing someone, cool. Then you might want to push and look at this a little more. But if you know that you move towards kindness because you're strategic and like you see what you're doing here, 
maybe this is a spot where you actually trust yourself to do it your way rather than what's being told to you as the right way. You know what I mean? What's right for you isn't right for everyone. And that's why the values piece of this is so important. Okay. The next thing, number seven, surround yourself with people who get it, right? I am someone like, I am not mean. I don't like being mean. I'm not going to write an email. I might write the email, but I'm not going to send it, right? I might write it for myself and for my feelings, but I'm not going to write something that like hurts someone on purpose because I'm trying to hurt them because they hurt me. I'm not going to do that. And if you come to me for advice on how should I say this, this is what's happening. And I'm so in my feelings, I'm not going to give you something that hurts this person on purpose. I will give you something clear, right? I will give you something clear and kind is what I really tend to go to. And you can be honest. And sometimes the truth hurts, right? But that's different than taking jabs at someone or blaming them for things. You can write out what's actually happening again, bringing that honesty forward, right? You can be clear and descriptive. But where that is coming from, is it coming from your pain or is it coming from like a sense of clarity, right? And just like truth and honesty and getting on the same page. I think that matters. And so something you want to do is just know who you're surrounding yourself by, like with, and when you're asking them for advice, just notice that, like, what are they upholding in their advice? Notice like, what are the values of the people or the examples that you're looking at? A lot of times we don't have models, like perfect models for what we're doing. So we're gathering from different places. But if I'm pulling from a model that doesn't emulate the core values that I have, ah, that's not going to work for me. Or I might need to tweak it. Right. Or sometimes it does work because even though we don't have the same exact values, like we are in alignment in this thing. So that's just coming back to you. And like, you are discerning. That is how you build self-trust. You can trust other people too, but also just know that we're all people, <laughs> right? Nobody's perfect. Get off the pedestal. And so just know that number eight is knowing that this is a practice. This is never like a thing that we, maybe for some people it is, but I wouldn't expect this to be something that is done perfectly. Once you've done it once you might navigate some conflict and feel like, oh, I know how to do this now. Oh my gosh. And then in six months, you're like, oh my God, how am I here again? And you're not here again. That's just the perception, but it can be similar. You might have to move through this on different levels, like in different ways. And that's okay. Bring curiosity to that. What's happening here? Why? Some of it's not because, oh my God, you're creating the same thing to heal a blah, blah, blah. No, some of it's just business. Like, and sometimes these things are going to happen no matter what, you know what I mean? So like, how can we see the bigger picture and bring in reality and be mindful of like your feelings and what you believe about the world and like how you see all of this? You can have both. You can see the practical strategic things and be aware of like the healing stuff and be curious, but you're not necessarily going to know in the moment. And it's not necessarily important that you categorize it perfectly in that moment. It might mean one thing to you in one moment. And then three years later, you're like, oh, okay. Like we're constantly learning. We're constantly learning. This is a practice. Number nine, know that the people who fall away, like it's okay. Some people are meant to, not everyone is going to like your boundaries. And that can be a really tough pill to swallow when, if I have, if I'm going to what's happening right now, what you're, what you're witnessing is me like thinking about how deep we want to go with this. You know what I mean? For me, I'll speak for myself, for me. And if you read about anything trauma-informed or transformational development coaching, all that jazz, 
a lot of times, like what we're doing is in pursuit of safety. And when your caretaker was somewhat disconnected, whether physically, so they weren't there all the time or ever, or if they were there, but there was emotional disconnection, we had to be a certain way to get our needs met or we perceived that was true. So thinking again for myself, I, my mom went to work at night. She was a nurse. I was sad, <laughs> like very sad. I did not want her to leave. I would cry the single parent household. So we were with either like my grandpa or a babysitter, but for me, it wasn't the same. And I was sad. And also I knew that I was so annoying that I was crying because I was keeping her from work. You know what I mean? I knew that it was like, Oh, or at least this is how I perceived it. This is what was true for me. I don't know that it was true for her. I'm sure now as an adult, I can imagine how hard that was for my mom. But what that, what I experienced as a child with a child's brain was I'm annoying that I'm crying, <laughs> right? I can see that I'm causing you frustration and I'm blaming myself. And now I'm going to contort myself to not cry so that the experience is more pleasant. Or I am going to cry, but then I'm going to experience disconnection because I'm going to be left here crying by myself because in this world and at this time, there is no other choice but then to go to work. And while the seven-year-old couldn't understand that, you have an understanding. You make an understanding the truth, right? As adults though, right? As my 34-year-old self at the time of recording, like not everyone, I don't need everyone to like me. I don't need everyone to get my needs messed. It's okay if I'm not for everyone. It's okay if you don't want to show up and have the card conversation. It might hurt my feelings, but then I am with myself through my feelings. I am here. Like it's not, I don't need them to care for me the way a child needs someone to care for them, right? My brain is developed. It is not, it's not in that piece. It's not, this isn't a caretaker relationship. So how personal are we making this? And not to shame us when we do have those feelings that it feels so personal. That's okay. Then be with yourself, right? Go to your therapist, go to your friend, go to yourself, <laughs> go to the bathtub, go to what is right for you to nourish that piece of you and know that nourishment doesn't have to come from that other person. It's okay. That's not where we are now. And sometimes we need to hear that, to remember it, right? To see it, to acknowledge it and to move through and make the decisions that are right for us now. It's okay if that's hard. It's okay if that's hard. No shame. Number nine, know that those who, that was number nine, LOL, LOL. Number 10, <laughs> the amount of energy that all of this takes up can be a lot. And I just want you to know that as we look at these things and start to grow into who we are now and do things the way that we want to do them now, so much creative energy might be available to you right? Like I can't promise that. I don't fucking know. We're all different. I'll tell you for me, I didn't even realize some of the relationships or dynamics that I was a part of, even in hobbies where you're doing something, you don't really like it, but you don't know why, but it was fun. So you're going to keep doing it, blah, blah, blah. Stopping it or stopping it in one place and going somewhere else. Holy shit. All of a sudden I love the thing again. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't even realize what was happening because I didn't see it or I didn't take the time to dig into it. You know what I mean? It wasn't, that wasn't something I was working on. These things happen. And even if there is grief to deal with first, right? When a friend, maybe it's like a business friend, there's two things happening at once, right? It can be so sad and painful to lose people. We care about them. We invest in our relationships. We think that we're like lifelong people together. <laughs> we're committed, right? And 
A, this is a moment. When we zoom out, who knows what happens? Maybe we come back together, right? And B, we don't know. This is where we are. And it's not about controlling the other person or creating what you thought was going to be there. It's about showing up for yourself as you grieve that and move forward in the way that you know is right for you because you are based in your values, because you do have you know, the right people around you, because you are discerning, because you're figuring it out. And the piece that we talk about when we're dealing with or tending to the people pleaser perfectionist stuff, it's not all going to be peaceful all the time. I think what we're looking for is that there will be a peaceful part of us that can show up while we navigate this too, right? So that we have that trust and faith that like, this is going to be okay. I know this is a hard moment, but I'm here. We're going to figure it out. And that as you do that and more and more kind of gets cleared, you might be like amazed at how much energy you actually have for the things you love, how much more you do something else or how by letting go of one thing, room for something else is created that you might not have done otherwise. And it's really hard to see that when you're in it. And I say that from experience, like most of the things, many of the things that I'm doing now, um, I didn't necessarily expect them, but now looking back, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But I didn't, I you, uh-uh, couldn't have told me, wouldn't have heard you knew <laughs> because that's, I wasn't there and that's okay. And so I share that just so you know that too, be curious, like, where did these things come from? How do you want to be? You can bring this to your journal. You can bring this to therapy. This might be a discussion. If you have conscious friends or a mastermind, or you're in a container where this kind of conversation is a piece of the puzzle, like bring that you get to share. This is such a human experience and we don't talk about it all the time. A lot of coaching containers, especially in the business world are very much, I'm not talking about feelings. And to me, that's wrong because so much of doing a sales strategy, like taking the steps is connected to all of this and it matters. And you're not like annoying to want to talk about it, right? Yes, there are times and places. So just notice the time that you're spending in different places. And what do you actually want? How do you want to develop right now? Are you in a container like that? Where is one if you don't have one? And if you want to talk about any of this, I'm here, right? My containers do have that blend of strategy, mindset, and healing, because this is what I believe is important for growth. And maybe that's not for you. And that's okay too. And maybe not for this season, but just keep that in mind as you move through the world and like you get to be where you are and you get to choose, you get to discern. And it's okay if what's right for you is not right for everybody else. Lean into it, get curious, check it out. Your business does not have to stress you out all the time. That is not a prerequisite for doing well. You're also not bad or wrong if it does right now. It's okay if that's the season you're in. And if you want to shift that, there are ways to start figuring that out. If, if you think back to your childhood and I bring this up, like I talked about it a couple of minutes ago, but just think back. Do you think as a child that was stressful or was it like chill? Whatever you experienced there, that blueprint, we will recreate it unless we consciously decide not to, or decide what needs to be changed. What are we updating in this architecture? You get to redraw the blueprint and construction might take some time and that's okay. And there might be some demolition, but like you get to do all of that. You are the architect here. Surprise. You have those powers. So with that, thanks for listening. Hope this was helpful. Let me know. And if you do want support with any of this, reach out building your business. It's very interesting. Like whether you're at the beginning phase, whether you've been doing this for years and you're starting to shift, or maybe you want to change your value proposition of your work from like more from less done for you into more strategy, the stuff all comes up, 
Or I have clients too, who are making millions and the stuff still comes up. Scaling comes up, right? When you're building your team and have to facilitate these conversations with them, even if it's not with your clients, like you can't really escape this. Part of leadership is communication and being able to do that dynamically with a foot in each of the worlds with your expertise, with an idea of your values and with the knowingness that you don't know everything is important. With that, I leave you. Thank you for being here and thank you for you. Hey, it's Erin and I want you to know that you matter. Everything you're doing and everything you've done, it all matters. It all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.